0: welcome to the how to get a job podcast i am your host daniel botero and in this podcast we help international stem students land a job that sponsors their h1b without applying to hundreds of companies so if you enjoyed this episode give us a follow give us a review and share with a friend without further ado enjoy the episode all right welcome back to another episode of the podcast and to he- today we have an amazing guest i have a friend which is crazy that we've never met in person but i feel like we have i have maya grossman who is a peak performance career coach not only that she's a best-selling author she is has over 15 years of marketing experience and she speaks a lot about how to maximize your career and how to just ultimately own your own career and just what we're speaking about today so maya welcome to the show
1: Thank you for having me. And yes, we do have to meet in person at some point.
0: I know it, it's funny because a lot I've built some like really good relationships, you including, and, and like where it's like I forget that we've never met in person. It's like we we met on LinkedIn, we've, we've we've collaborated in in different occasions. Whether this is the second time you've been on the podcast, and um and all this, and it's like we've never met, and it's interesting. But it's the world we live in now, and I can't wait. Uh, to go to Austin because I know you just moved there and I'm super excited uh, to I have to go I just have to go
1: well you have to come it's beautiful here and um, I I have a guest bedroom now so you can come with your wife and stay here and we'll have a lot of fun
0: oh that's awesome thank you so much so Maya um, you are now doing this full time Right, so if you have 15 years of experience. You've been a VP of marketing for many companies. You've worked at Google. You've worked at uh, like pretty. You've worked a lot of different amazing places, and now you decided. Like it's been I don't know how long it's been now for doing it full time, but this is you doing full time, which is amazing. But I would love to hear what made you decide to make this jump.
1: Yeah, that's a really really good question because for the majority of my career, I kept saying. I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to own my own business. I want to level up, right? I want to be making decisions, but I want someone else to take care of everything else. And I am married to an entrepreneur. So that was like I had a first class view into what it actually looks like, which is why I think I was a little bit intimidated. Um, And a couple of years ago, I decided to write a book. And the story behind it is that you know, my entire career, I have been a people manager. People come to me, they ask questions, and I kept hearing the same questions again and again. Like, how do you level up? How have you been able to build a successful career? And I figured, because I'm very practical, I'm gonna write it down. And that way I have like a blog post I can share with people every time they ask me a question. But instead of writing a blog post, I ended up writing a book. And when I started sharing the book, and people read it, and they took action, and they saw results, I was ecstatic. I cannot explain the feeling of knowing that you can help someone else. It just made me so happy. And I've never thought anything beyond my, my job can make me that feel that fulfilled. But suddenly I realized, hey, there's this whole other thing you can do that would still make you feel really, really uh, happy. So I dabbled with it. I did it on the side for a couple of years until I decided it was time to just, you know, take the jump and see what happens. And that that what happened um, early this year.
0: That's awesome. That's amazing. And I I love your book and I just think it is. Um, it is just a playbook to owning your career. Yeah, it's just, it's very actionable steps. And it's great because also you were sharing part of your story in those books. It becomes really very relatable. Um, and, and that's what we're here to talk about today because as, um, as you know, I work with a lot of um, international students and college students going after their first job. And even though my job is to help them get their first job, it is not to ultimately follow them with their career. And that's where uh, amazing coaches like you come to mind that it's like, that's the first step so i i guess i I guess what i'm trying to say is for most college students we think the end goal is to get a job like that's the finish line right like graduation get a job that's the finish line but once they get there they realize oh no that is the finish of one race but now we're starting the marathon right like now we're we're in our career for 30 plus years uh and, and this is where we actually 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 start. And, and that's where I want to talk to you about today. It's about owning our career. How can um, individuals who are just starting off their career set a very strong foundation for the rest?
1: Yeah, I think we need to start by kind of demystifying something that we've all uh, been thinking for so many years. So think about it. For the first 20 years or so of our lives, Someone else is in control. Someone else is telling us what to do. There are very clear rules, right? You start with your parents and then you go to school. And even um, when you go to uh, college and the education system, there are very clear rules. You do A, you get B. There's a test, you need to pass it. That's how you become successful. So when we step into the workforce, we assume that's the same, right? There are rules, we need to play by the rules. If we do X, we get Y. And for me, I thought the harder I work, the more I'm going to advance. And it worked for a really, really short period of time, like just at the beginning. I worked really, really hard. I was noticed after about two years, I was able to level up. And then for almost seven years, nothing happened. And I was working my butt off. I mean, 16 hour days, weekends, and it just wasn't enough. And that's when I realized that I shouldn't rely on other people like the company or my manager to take care of my career. I'm the one who needs to actually own it and create my own opportunities if I want to succeed, because here's the sad truth. No one is ever going to care about your career as much as you do. No one, not your manager, not even your spouse, not your family. You're the one person who knows exactly what you need and what you deserve, not to mention what you're capable of. So you need to be the one in control. And I think most people don't realize they can actually do that. You don't have to play by the rules. You can create your own career ladder and make decisions for yourself and create opportunities for yourself if you're intentional about it.
0: Right, and I think that, that just makes so much sense that our whole life, we've been told, here's the classes you need to do to graduate. Here's what you need to do to get a job. Like, like everything's very, been structured and then you get to the corporate America and sure your job might be structured, but how to progress your career is not a structure. Right. And yep. we assume that our boss or HR or the company is in charge of us getting promoted and that the, like the person who works the hardest will get the promotion. And that's not necessarily true. And, And so you have to be proactive about this. And that's what's really exciting to me. It's like, and it's not like you have to change everything. It's just being strategic about it. And it's like, if you're strategic about it from the beginning, it's going to really allow you to really level up and accelerate and ultimately get to where you want to go long term.
1: Exactly. And for me, I spent the first seven years of my career not knowing that, just working hard, keeping my head down and hoping that something would happen But hope is not a career strategy and you can be more strategic about it. And it's actually not very difficult. You're going to need three things. You're going to need to have a clear destination, which is where do I want to go in my career? And it doesn't have to be 10 years into the future. It can be just the next step, right? Maybe you want to level up or maybe you want to learn a new skill. So you just need to have that vision. And then you're going to build a strategy to tell you exactly how to get there. And if you build a system that keeps you consistent, then you can continuously work on your career and be able to actually advance because most people think, you know, getting the job, that's me uh, working on my career. No, that's just a minute in time. Working on your career is like going to the gym. You can't go once and expect a six pack. You have to work on it constantly to build that muscle so that you can see the compounding results.
0: So if I understood correctly, it's the destination, the strategy and the system.
1: Yep. And the missing the missing part here is mindset because you can have the best strategy in the world. Someone can hand you the plan. But if you don't believe in yourself, if you let your fears hold you back, you'll never take action and you'll never actually achieve your goals.
0: So let's, let me share with you an example that I get a lot, right? So a lot of my clients are international STEM students. They, in in the situation, in this very common scenario is they're from a different country. They, they, they deal with a lot of imposter syndrome because one, there's a language barrier, you know, there's cultural differences, right? Their whole culture have been work hard, work hard, you'll get noticed. And then you come into an environment where you need to be able to work hard. But you also need to be strategic and have conversations so what can someone who maybe just got a job at a tech company as a software engineer software engineer one level entry role what can very introverted is is afraid to network but what can they do or how what are some things that they can do to start preparing themselves to build a strong career
1: well first and foremost you know you are talking to an immigrant so english is not my first language as well And yeah, I definitely had imposter syndrome around it. Every single time I do an interview like this, I think about it, right? Um, But I don't let it hold me back. So when I moved here a few years ago, I did not have a network. I had a massive reputation where I'm from originally in Israel, but I came here and no one knew who I was. After 10 years of working really hard, I had to rebuild everything from the ground up, so I know it's possible. I'm also an introvert, which means I do not like networking and being around a lot of people for a really long time. So once again, I can relate. And I think there are a few things you need to do. First and foremost, you need to know what you're aiming for, right? We talked about having a destination. I think when you start a new job, especially if you're new to the tech world, especially if this is a company that, you know, you've been really excited to join, I think there are a few things you want to do to set yourself apart from the get-go. So to really nail your first 90 days. First, you want to do what I call proactive onboarding. Before you join the company, Do the work to really understand who they are, what they do, what is the business model, what are some of the challenges maybe that they've experienced, depending on your role. So for me, I was in marketing, I always looked at their marketing materials, their website. If you're in engineering, play with a product, really try and understand all the different parts, even though you're probably going to be working on a very specific aspect of that product. Because when you have that information, You're going to be able to hit the ground running. You're going to have better questions day one. You're not going to ask like, oh, how does this work? Because you'll already know and that will set you apart. Step number two, you want to start building relationships. And I specifically say building relationships and not networking, because that sounds a little bit easier. Here's the thing, you're going to work with people and people are going to drive your career and you really need to start building those relationships early. I ignored this advice completely for the first, I don't know, six or seven years of my career, and it really held me back. The minute I started building relationships, everything moved faster. And here's the thing, you can actually build genuine relationships. You can be friendly with people. This is not about having a sales pitch. This is not about convincing people or asking for favors. This is genuinely about learning to get to know them, asking what they need, and what are their goals because if you know what they want and need you can make sure that your work actually supports their needs and then you're going to have allies within the company so when it's time to decide about a promotion you're going to have other people to speak for you so you don't have to advocate for yourself so we said proactive onboarding and we talked about building those relationships and the last thing and this is the hardest one for people to really um, kind of process you want to speak up in your first 30 to 90 days and i know that the common advice is just listen you know don't step in don't don't try to change everything and to a degree that is right but when you're new you have a fresh perspective. You can see things that other people can't see because they've been there for so long and they're so used to the process. So you can actually bring innovation and you can make massive changes just by observing things that other people don't see. So what I usually say is don't be afraid. If you notice these things, write them down and find an opportunity to bring them up. Maybe instead of coming with a solution of like, hey, you're really doing this the wrong way, approach it with um, curiosity and ask questions. Hey, I've noticed you're doing it this way. Is there a specific reason? In my previous company, we were able to achieve better results when we did X, Y, Z. And that way you're being more curious, you're asking questions, you're not criticizing this new team that you just joined. And I can guarantee if you do these three things in your first 90 days, you will definitely stand out and you will b- build a really strong foundation to continuously build your brand within that company.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's important. And the third step where you mentioned, is like, it's you have to be careful and, and to your point, not going in there and, and saying, hey, like, because I remember when I used to work at PepsiCo and I would hire people that worked at Budweiser and Coca-Cola and they would be like, but Daniel... And Pepsi and Coca-Cola, we did it this way. And Budweiser, we did it. And it was just like to the point where like, you're not asking, like if, like they're just, it, it made it really un- un- like annoying. It's like, well, you don't work there. We're, we're doing it a PepsiCo way. And if they would have asked in a way of curiosity, I probably would have o- also been more open-minded about understanding how they did it, right? Because I probably, now looking back at it, could have learned a lot from their experience, but maybe their approach and my approach did not allow that to actually, come to fruition and in fact, a friction versus actually utilizing that. Now I could have done a better job as a manager of, of, of having those conversations. But I, I also think that like what you explained, when someone can comes out of that way, they really set a strong foundation in the first 90 days, which then creates a, like a halo effect and allows you to get more visible, get more project, get more attention and ultimately get more promotions.
1: Exactly. It's almost like you're doing invisible pr right so you're not actively going around saying i'm the best in the world choose me you let your actions and your communications do the work for you and as an introvert i find that it's easier because i i don't have to go out of my way to sell myself but i do make sure that other people know what's going on and what type of value i bring to the table
0: yeah and, and i think it's really important to understand too like uh, every job especially in corporate america there, you, you have numbers attached to it. So like you under, you need to uh, have a really clear understanding how your, how your job is being like, how you keep scoring your job. Like what are your KPIs? What are your key performance indicators and being able to ultimately have conversations with your manager to, to have progress reports. Like you don't need to wait to your yearly or bi-yearly review to talk about your career. You, you can be proactive about it. Now, should you have those conversations daily? Probably not. Right. But it doesn't have to be twice a year.
1: Yeah, and I love that you're bringing that up because I think a lot of people try to stay within the corporate ladder and those corporate ladders are based on averages, the average time it takes someone to learn to uh, really master a specific profession. And if you're ready faster and earlier, you shouldn't have to wait. You can actually proactively, to your point, ask your manager, hey, what would it take for me to make it to the next level? What are some of the KPIs? What do I need to achieve? And you can work on that together. And um, I actually teach this in my course, but if you maybe don't have a great relationship with your manager, there's actually a really easy way to figure out what it takes to get to the next level and anyone can do it. And I say this all the time and most people never follow through. Here it is. Talk to people who have the job you wanna have. That's it. If you want to level up for me, when I wanted to become a CMO, I reached out to VPs of marketing and CMOs, even though I was two steps behind them because I wanted to understand what it takes. I wanted them to tell me how they got there. What are the skills I need to work on? What are some of the results I have to deliver in order to get there? And then I started working on actually achieving those goals before I got the title, before I actually got that job, because, This is very important. Doing more of the job that you were hired to do will not get you promoted. You need to be good at your job. Don't get this wrong. But once you're 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 accomplished and you know how to do that, if you want to level up, you need to start doing next level work to demonstrate that you're ready. And as long as you know what that next level work looks like, it's actually very easy to create opportunities to do more of that work and prepare yourself, essentially qualify yourself for the next job. So when your manager needs to decide, it's a no brainer because you've already been doing the work. Now you just need to get the actual title.
0: Yeah. And I didn't have a peak performance career coach like yourself, but when I was at PepsiCo, but that's how I was able to get promoted. And so I was a district manager. And at that point, I wanted to be an account manager. So district manager manages a team and a manager a territory. An account manager manages key accounts like Target, CVS, Walgreens, which were the accounts that I was managing. And so after you've kind of, you have to like to, to your point, you have to be already be doing your good, good at your job before you can try to take on additional responsibilities. I went to the account managers and said, what can I take off your plate? Is there different like district managers or VPs that I can call on for you so you don't have to come to Orlando because these people are covering one fourth of the United States. So by the time that I was interviewing for the role, I wasn't interviewing and saying, here's what I could do. I've already done. I've already showed him. Here's an example of a successful meeting with the regional manager of Target, right? Here's an, and so that is to me, it's like, you don't need to wait for someone to tap in your shoulder and says, hey, it's time for you to do it. Now, like, you should be proactively saying, hey, what can I take off your plate? Or if understanding, look at the job description of the, of the jobs that you want and say, okay, what are the skill sets that I do have that are needed for the job? But what are the ones that are missing? And how do I build and gain that capability, maybe outside of work? Right. It doesn't, it could also be outside of work or it could also be internally. So I love what you're saying, because I think like at the end of the day, like it's not about your, what's on your resume. It's what you've done. And especially if you're trying to grow with internally, that's, that's going to be really good. But even if you're trying to grow externally, having those same examples as I'm applying for an account manager externally and saying, but I've already done part of that account manager job, right? That yeah. shows initiative that shows value and it makes it a no brainer.
1: I love it. This is literally the playbook. This is how you get yourself promoted without waiting for the right time for three years or however long, you know, a company says you need to wait Uh, and without waiting for someone to notice you, you literally just do the job. Um, And it's not it's not that hard. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to work harder or more hours. It means you become more strategic. So, for example, you look at your current job description and you find the things that you can take off your plate because they're not really making an impact. They're not really driving results. And that way you have a little bit more room to start doing the extra work to prepare you for that next level.
0: Yeah, and and at the end of the day, you have to realize that companies want you to get promoted, right? Like it's in their best interest for you to get promoted. They just don't. They're just not prioritizing your promotion as much as you need to prioritize it. So, uh, at the end of the day, you have to own your career, and and if you do that, you're you're gonna see the success. And like you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, your career is like going to the gym, right? It's something you have to do all the time. It's not something that you do when you're looking for a job. It's something you have to be planning and preparing and having these conversations all the time, whether with your manager, with your mentors, with your peers and other people in the organization. So Maya, obviously we're just scratching the surface on this and you are the expert in this. So if, if somebody listening to this wants to learn more about owning their career, working with a coach like yourselves, and I know that you have an online course, you have a book, what is the best way for them to find you?
1: Yeah, well, I'm on LinkedIn, so Maya Grossman, or you can go to mayagrossman.com and learn about all the different things that um, I offer.
0: Maya, thank you so much for coming. And for everybody listening, catch you guys in the next episode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're still listening, it's because you've reached the end of the episode, and that speaks volumes of you. In an age of distraction, the fact that you're still listening to this means that you're serious about your career. And to do that, I want to return the favor and reward you for this behavior. So to do that, I wanna give you access to a free 30 minute webinar that's gonna completely change the way you job search. This webinar was built just for international STEM students and we're gonna talk about the three biggest mistakes international STEM students make when looking for a job and how to fix them. So if you wanna get access to this webinar, go to masteringcollege2career.com forward slash webinar podcast.